Hello, StorySide family, online friends. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope that you have had a great Christmas celebrating the birth of Christ. And as you have gathered, maybe with a family member or friends, I hope that you've had some time to reflect on all of the blessings in your life. Speaking of blessings, I heard the joke about little Johnny. Little Johnny was gathered with his family and they were getting ready to eat. And Johnny's mother asked little Johnny if he would pray a blessing over the Christmas dinner. Little Johnny bowed his head. Everyone at the table bowed their heads. Little Johnny began to pray. God, I thank you for my mom and dad. I thank you for my siblings. I thank you for my grandparents. I thank you for my cousins. I thank you for my uncles and my aunts. Little Johnny got persistent. I thank you for the turkey. I thank you for the potatoes. I thank you for the corn. I thank you for the green beans. I thank you for, for the desserts. Johnny is getting so passionate about his prayer. And finally, little Johnny goes silent. His head is bowed, his eyes are closed, and he doesn't say a word. And the family waits, and they wait a little bit longer. And there sits little Johnny, silent. Finally, little Johnny lifts his head, opens his eyes, looks at his mom, and says, if I say that I'm thankful for the Christmas fruitcake, do you think that God will know that I'm lying? That's not funny. But whatever you have been eating over Christmas, whatever uh, you have been enjoying, uh, your time, your rest, reflecting on the gift of God, Jesus Christ, I hope that you have had an amazing Christmas season. Others, you may already be looking forward to celebrating the new year. Your mind, uh, your thoughts, your emotions, you may already be saying, I cannot wait for 20 21. Speaking of the new year, I heard the joke, uh, speaking of New Year's resolutions, people often ask that. They'll say, what is your New Year's resolution? What are you changing? What are you hoping for? And speaking of resolutions, uh, I was, I personally, I was going to quit my bad habit of eating so much pie. I love pie. I was going to quit my habit of eating pie in 2021, uh, but then I, then I realized and I remembered that nobody likes a quitter. Uh, so that's not funny story side. Uh, but maybe you are thinking about what your New Year's resolutions are going to be. I have actually decided that I am going to help all of our story side staff. I'm going to do everything that I can to help them gain 10 pounds so that I can look skinnier. Uh, all right, I'm done with my New Year's resolutions. Uh, I'm still waiting on my wife to give me mine. Uh, that's definitely not funny. But I hope that you've had a great Christmas. And as we move into the new year, I pray that there is just a wave, uh, a surge even of God's Holy Spirit and His presence in your life. That as you're closing out this year, you're going into the new year, that you don't feel necessarily that weakness that you're saying, you know, I feel so low, so down. A lot of times people are sharing that with me, but I pray there's a wave of God's strength, a wave of God's presence, a wave of the Holy Spirit that helps you to finish this year strong 
and that you are able to start 2020 strong as well. We're going to talk about that today. That is our subject. We are talking about the word strong. Can we say that word together? Strong. Can we say it one more time? Strong. When you think about the word strong, the opposite of strong, uh, if, you were, if you were to look at the other extreme of being strong, you're going to find words like fragile. Maybe you would say that to me today, Pastor Micah, I feel fragile. You know, even people around me would say, you got to handle them with care. Uh, they, they're, they're just fragile in this season. Some other words that you would find that are opposite of strong are words like ineffective, unable, unstable, broken. The word that is opposite of strong, another word is vulnerable. Maybe you would say, Micah, that's me. I feel so vulnerable right now in my life. I feel it emotionally. I feel it spiritually. I feel so vulnerable. Of course, another word that is opposite of strong is the word weak. Weak. Everyone say that word with me. Weak. There's something about when you and I feel weak. Paul, the apostle uh, who wrote many books of the Bible in the New Testament, Paul actually gave us a glimpse into a season of his struggles. He gave us, he gave us a glimpse into a season of his life where he felt like, uh, I am so, it's that word, I am so weak. And he begins to share his situation. Uh, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't only admit that he would prefer the pain and the problem to go away, which he does. And maybe you would say that, I wish this would all go away. Paul actually says that. He said, I, I wish that this struggle, I wish this situation, I wish that this pain and problem, I wish it would go away. Maybe you would admit that even with me today, that that's your wish. But Paul continues and he gives us a glimpse, not only into the problem, not only into the pain, but he then tells us God's response. He tells us in verse number 9 of 2 Corinthians 12, and he said to me, he said to me, God's grace is sufficient for you. My grace, that unmerited goodness of God, it is sufficient for you. And then he tells him, my strength, talking about strong today, my strength is made perfect in weakness. How awesome would it be today as our team shares, as you hear from pastors and leaders, how awesome would it be if God's strength showed up for you today? You say, Micah, I'm weak. Micah, it's been a long year. Micah, I don't know what to do. Micah, how great would it be right now if you would block out distractions, you would lean into God's presence, lean into God's word, and that wave of the Holy Spirit I talked about, the holy presence of God would show up for you today and you could sense strength regardless of the things that you feel like you are facing even today. Paul reminds us. Paul reminds us of this sufficient grace. He reminds us that God can be strong regardless of the situation and that power, God's power, 
can always show up even in your problem. And so I hope today that it's not just a reminder for Paul. I really pray that it's a reminder for you today. So I'm asking you, as each speaker begins to share, as these leaders begin to open up their heart, I'm asking that you would open up your heart and that you would leave this gathering today, this service, feeling much stronger because of God's Spirit and God's Word. God bless you as we get ready to hear today's message on being strong. Hello, StorySide family and online friends. Today, I want to honor our vision pastors, Pastor Micah and Pastor Angel Pelkey. We are so honored to have them in our lives. I want to start off today by reading a scripture from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. It says, So my dear brothers and sisters, stand strong. Don't let anything change you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. You know that your work in the Lord is never wasted. I want to emphasize one word that has been really sticking out to me, and it's the word stand. Can you say this today? Stand. Stand is a simple word. It's an easy action. There's not much thinking behind it. In fact, they say that standing is actually a good thing. Experts will tell you that you need to stand between two to four hours a day because most people will sit between 10 to 11 hours a day. Research, researchers will say that the muscle activity from standing is also associated with lower risk for strokes and heart attacks. Who knew standing was healthy? Just a couple of days ago, my wife and I, we took our daughters, um, we took them to an indoor water park. And as we were walking inside, my daughters saw the wave pool. They were super excited. They were really wanting to go to the wave pool. As they were walking into the water, the waves were not doing much to them. They were so small, they were able to walk over the water. They were also able to walk through the waves. But as they got farther into the waves, they got farther into the water, they were not able to move with such ease. It even got to the point at one time that the waves would start pushing them backwards, that they were not able to stand. They would get knocked over. They would try to get back up, but before they got back up, they got knocked over again. I would even try to help them. I would try to stand in front of the waves. I would even try to hold them, but they would refuse my help, and they would get knocked over again and again. I even asked one of my daughters, I said, what was the one thing you didn't like about the wave pool? And she said, I didn't like that I would get so tired, but the waves would keep coming and coming. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11, it says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. And in verse 13, it says, therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand. There's that word again, stand, stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, other versions will say, and having done all, stand firm. 
or then after the battle, you will be standing firm. Today, maybe you have been hit by the waves of 2020. Maybe you've been hit by the waves of life and you've been trying to stand tall. You've been trying to get your foothold. But every time a wave comes and knocks you back over again, maybe you're tired, you're exhausted, you're frustrated, but the waves keep coming over and over, coming back and knocking you over. Today, I want to remind you to just stand to stand in what you believe, to stand, stand strong. I want to celebrate those college students today who have been hit by the waves of doubt, but still standing. To those single parents who have tired and exhausted, but they're still standing. To that high school graduate who feels like their senior year has been lost, but they're still standing. To the parents and grandparents who never thought that they would be a teacher, but they're standing strong with their, with their kids. To that person who lost their job, still standing strong. Maybe even to that individual today who had to switch their careers out of necessity, you're still standing be reminded today, church, be reminded to stand strong. My hope and my prayer for you today is that you would continue to keep standing. Hey, StorySide, we are going to continue to talk about being strong today, being strong as a church family, asking God to help you in your family and in your faith. We're asking for his strength and his power to show up today, and we're excited for how he's going to continue to encourage and challenge you in this season. And I think one of the best ways for us to stay strong in this season is by leaning on truth, leaning on God's word, leaning on Jesus, focusing on him. But the fact of the matter is that there have been many ups and downs in this season. Maybe you've felt them. I know I have. Uncertainty and unknowns have shown up. There have been situations and circumstances that we've been presented with that we've faced individually as a church family, maybe within your own home. And uncertainty can show up in many different areas and the enemy would love nothing more than to capitalize on that. Uncertainty can show up in our emotions and in our thoughts. Uncertainty can show up when we're looking at our finances and facing next steps. It can show up when we're thinking about our future or maybe the future of your children. It can show up in schools in businesses, and hospitals. I know that I've felt the weight of uncertainty and the weight of some of these unknown areas of my life, whether it's been facing the loss of, lo loss of loved ones or facing medical reports that my family has been presented with. And we have to face the unknown in some of those areas. Maybe those aren't the exact areas of unknowns that you've been facing, not the exact uncertainty, that you've been wrestling with, but you have been facing something in your own home, in your own life. And the good news is that you don't have to allow the enemy to capitalize on these uncertain areas of life. They don't have to have control over your life. Pastor Chad referenced 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58, and he talked about standing strong. But later in this verse, it says, you know. 
And I want to focus on those two words today. It says, you know. We've been talking about all of the unknowns. Maybe you have some of those unknown areas in your mind right now. But this verse says that you know. And the truth is that when all else is changing, when we're facing uncertain circumstances, truth does not change. God's word is reliable. Truth can bring order to chaos. Truth can set you free. Jesus said that I am the way, the truth, and the life. And we can lean on him today. We can recognize this and we can respond to it. And we can draw strength from the fact that truth is constant. We might not know what to believe in certain areas. We might have a lot of things that are trying to grasp our attention in this season. Doubts, fears, things that we're facing. But let's focus on what we do know. There's a lot that we don't know. There are a lot of unknown things in life, but let's focus on what we do know. This verse says, you know, and you might be sitting here right now and you might be thinking, I don't know what's happening globally right now. I don't know what's happening nationally. I don't know what's happening with work. I don't know what's happening with my kids and their schooling. It seems like we're going day by day looking for answers with some of these areas. If you're a student, you might be wondering, what am I doing for graduation? What am I doing for classes next semester? If you're a college student, you might be trying to figure out a career path. And those might be some of the unknown things that you're facing. If you're a business leader, you might be facing decisions and next steps for your business and for your employees. Some of you might be even facing grief for loss of loved ones in this season. But I know, you know, that God's word is true, that Jesus is faithful, that heaven is real, that we have eternal hope. We know that God can work all things together for the good. He can take what the enemy meant for evil. He can take the unknowns and the uncertainties that the enemy is trying to capitalize on, and he can turn all of it for good. We know that his word is true. We know that he has a purpose and a plan for us, and we can lean on that today. Let's, as a church, focus on Jesus. Let's lean into truth. Let's stand on truth today, and let's stand strong together. Hey, StorySide, I hope you all are doing well. As I share with you today, I want to start by asking the question, are you reliable? Are you reliable? Can God count on you? When we look at 1 Corinthians 15 and we talk about being strong, living our lives in a strong way, maybe some of you are just thinking about ending the year strong right now. I'm drawn to that part where it says, always give yourselves. Always give yourselves. Do we live our lives in the way that we are always giving ourselves? Are you reliable? The definition of reliable is consistently good in quality or performance, able to be trusted. Think about your life. Who likes things that aren't reliable? You maybe don't think about it all the time, but I think we could all agree that we don't like when things aren't reliable. In fact, companies will put out ads, they'll brag about how their products are the most reliable, Maybe you, you, you've heard people or you've heard commercials talk before about fast and reliable internet. I know we can all agree that we like having reliable cars. It's always good when your car is reliable and it starts. Uh, 
If you've ever been there before when you know the battery's dead or you've got a car that you have to constantly jump every time you go to drive it, I think you would agree that you like having something that is reliable. No one likes being surrounded with unreliable things or even unreliable people. Who likes that coworker that always calls all? Or students, maybe you've had a classmate before who, who never does their part with the school project. They're not reliable. We all like reliable things in our lives, and I think in the same way, God likes us to be reliable. That's why I asked the question today, are you reliable? Can God count on you? You see, I'm, I'm super thankful in my life that I've had some reliable people there for me. I'm thankful for people just beyond school projects and beyond cars. I'm thankful for the reliable people in my life. The reliable people who have been there for me when I've needed help. The people who have continued to push me to be a better man. Even at my lowest points, not just when I'm doing good, but when I'm struggling. The people who have been reliable for me. Are you guys thankful? Put it in the chat. Let us know. Are you thankful for the people who have been reliable in your life? I think the, the greatest example of reliability comes from the Bible. The Bible's full of many examples of reliable people. You can look and there's countless stories of people who God was able to count on, who God was able to trust. As, as 1 Corinthians said, people who always gave themselves. But the greatest example of this is Jesus. In his most difficult time, when he, get, when he went to the cross, when he was crucified for our sins, he was reliable all the way through. He didn't give up. He didn't give in. But God was able to count on him. Beyond just the cross, Jesus' life was an entire example of being reliable. Time and time again, God was able to count on him. Jesus truly always gave of himself. Others around Jesus surely knew that they could rely on him and trust him. Maybe in your life, you can think of all the times that you've been able to count on Jesus when he's been strong for you. I'm thankful for the, the countless times when God's been there for me. And because of that, I want to follow the example of Jesus. I want to be the reliable kind of person. I don't want to miss out on opportunities in my life because I am not reliable. I want to be that kind of person who always gives of myself. What opportunities could you miss out on in your life if you're not reliable? When that opportunity presents itself, are you ready to be reliable? Can God truthfully count on you? I've heard it said before that nothing is more expensive than a missed opportunity. If we're going to live our lives strong, if we're always going to give of ourselves, if we're going to be reliable, we have to be ready to do it all the time. As that scripture said, always. There's no exceptions. Let's live our lives reliably. What could your life look like if God could always count on you? What could he do in your life if he knew he could trust you all the time? 
Hello, StorySide. I'm gonna be speaking to you today about obedience. I'm an Enneagram number one, and you might be wondering, well, what does that really mean? Well, ones love rules. They love to make the rules. They love to enforce the rules. They love to just keep rules. You know, rules are your friends. Order, structure, being obedient. I'm pretty sure if I was a dog, I would probably be a border collie that just got out of obedience school and got straight A's. So about obedience, obedience isn't just a once a day thing. It's not even just a once in a lifetime thing. Obedience isn't just something that we take when we're within the four walls of the church. No, it's something that we do every single day. It's something that we take with us. It can be easy to get caught up in the things of this world. I've heard many things in 2020, especially right now, especially in 2020. This year has been a year like no other. And while those statements are true, this is very true. Romans 12:2 says, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This shows me that we have a part to play. It is our job to obey and not to go with the ever-changing patterns of the world. We need to rise up and not lose our grip and be obedient to the Lord. An obedient life is a blessed life. Now, when I was in fifth grade, we were changing seats. You know, we had sat in the same seat for nine whole weeks and I was excited to change seats. I gathered all my things and our teacher said, now we only have one rule and that is when you pick your number, whatever seat you pick, you have to sit in that seat. Seemed easy to me, so I picked my seat, went to my new seat, started getting it all organized and this little girl comes up to me and goes, hey, you wanna change seats? I couldn't believe it. She's asking me to break the rules. Well, unbeknownst to her, this girl was gonna obey and not break the rules. So I sat in that seat and she was kind of mad at me for about nine weeks. We see obedience all throughout scripture. For example, John 14, 23 says, Jesus answered, if a person really loves me, he will keep my word and obey my teachings. How amazing is that? If we truly love the Lord, we're going to talk about him. He's going to be on the forefront of our mind. Anyone that you love, you are going to be talking about them. And that's how we should be with the Lord. The second part of the verse says, obey his teachings. You can't just say you love the Lord. You need to prove it with actions. You can't obey without action. What are some ways that we can be obedient to the Lord? We can be obedient through our giving. We can be obedient through being faithful to our spouse. We can be obedient through our talents and giving our talents to the Lord. Aren't you thankful that the Lord didn't just say, I'm sending you positive thoughts. I'm sending you good vibes. No, he said, I love you. And then he put action to it and he sent his son to save us. Just like there are blessings in obedience, there are also dangers in disobedience. John 14, 24 says, but those who don't love me will not obey my words. The father did not send me to speak my own revelation, 
but the words of my father. When we don't obey the Lord, there are dangers in that. Look at Jonah. When he disobeyed God, he deliberately disobeyed him and ended up in the belly of a whale. As a parent, you can see that if your little kids were to run out of the store into the parking lot, that that could be dangerous. There are areas of our life where being obedient helps keep us from danger. I've heard it said that partial obedience is still disobedience. If your parent asks you to clean your room and you partially clean it, that is still disobedience. Partially listening to the call of God is still disobedience. If the Lord tells you, bless that person with $100 and you bless him with 10, it's still disobedience. The good news is, you don't have to wait till 2021 to turn. You don't even have to wait till tomorrow. Start taking action today. Prove your love today. Make the phone call to someone you love. Stop drinking. Start being grateful. Stop gossiping. Stop the negativity. Start reading your Bible. Make your turnaround today. What are some areas in your life that you can maybe either stop or start in order to take action with your obedience with the Lord? As we close out 2020, may we be encouraged that our race is not over. God is still working. He is still in the miracle working business. And as we continue to serve the Lord with our whole hearts, may his blessings fill you and fill your home. Continue to be obedient, stay strong, and finish strong. StorySide, as we look to close out 2020 strong, I want to take just a few moments to speak to you about eliminating the noise in your life. I don't think it would take much to convince you that there are distractions everywhere. Everywhere we turn, there's a pop-up, there's a notification, there's reminders, there's emails, there's texts. I mean, we are truly getting hit from every angle with so much information in 2020. Um, And I was thinking about it. I thought, I'm going to look into some of the statistics of digital distractions. And I was really shocked, to be honest with you, with some of the information I found. Did you know we send and receive 104 text messages a day? We spend over two hours, each person over two hours a day on social media, scrolling, swiping, Not sure what we're looking for, but we are doing it every single day in large numbers. This is the one that was most shocking to me. And on average, we spend 12 hours and six minutes a day with a screen, a device, a TV, a laptop. We're engaging with it in front of our faces. And that just blew me away of how much time we're spending in digital distraction. And so we've got things coming at us in all directions. And I think that we live in the most distracted time in the history of history. And so I wanna give you a few things today, maybe to help us shift away from that and fix our focus. Uh, Maybe start with just a quick story. Uh, I was taking my kids to school one morning and we were in what they call the moving car line. And uh, so I was kind of texting, because you're only going one to two miles an hour and Pastor Micah was texting me. And uh, I looked down at my phone and bang, I hit the car in front of me. So that's embarrassing. I get out of the car. I walk around. I'm talking to the guy. My kids jump out of the back seat. They're yelling, is everyone okay? 
Did somebody get hurt? And so I'm yelling at them, like, get back in the car. And then I know people are like, is that the pastor down there at the end of the street? And they're like taking video. And I got child services. I'm just thinking all these things. It's like, this is so embarrassing. But I literally got distracted just for a moment and looked down and hit the car in front of me. And I think that we can translate that a lot into our lives and all the distractions that come in because our scripture for today, the area I want to speak into is to give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. And how can we do that truly if we're dealing with all these distractions? God has a plan for you. Ephesians 2.10 says that he created you for a purpose, on purpose. He has things for you to do that I can't do, and there's things he wants me to do and assignments that you cannot do. And so we got to be focused and fully devoted to his work. But on the flip side, we have a spiritual enemy. And in John 10.10, it says that he comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. And I truly believe that if he can't destroy you by having you step away from your faith, then he's going to shift his tactic and he would love to distract you. And I think it's obvious that the enemy is doing a really good job in our society. And what he really wants to do is to keep you in this perpetual state of all the noise and all the distractions in your life to render you as ineffective as possible for the work that God has put in front of you. And so we've got God's plan, and then we have the enemy's plan. And so I want to just close out today with a few points to help you in your success in finishing strong in 2020 with a few key points. Number one, we have to recognize, have to recognize that we have a spiritual enemy. If you don't start on that foundation, then you're going to be really confused and actually frustrated with all these things happening in your life. And it's like, what is going on? And the reality is the enemy is distracting you. Number two, we need to identify the areas that are distracting us the most. All this noise in our lives. What are the areas in your life today? Think about it even now. What is distracting you the most from doing the work that God has put in front of you? And then number three, and this is where we actually get better and we fix our focus on the things that matter the most, and that is to identify those areas and then make a plan. So this is simple for me. I just did this yesterday. I saw that I actually do spend about two hours on social media every day. I was shocked. Your phone will tell you if you swipe it to the right, it'll tell you how many hours you spend on your phone and, and in social media. So I set up a, a guideline, a little parameter. I'm going to spend this much time. At the end of the night, it popped up and said, your time is up. Your social media time is done. And that was awesome. And so that's going to allow me to focus on other things that are more important. But maybe it's not digital only. Maybe there's a relationship, somebody that's come into your life that's distracting you. Maybe you need to eliminate that relationship and just step back so you can focus on the things of God. And maybe it's a mindset. Maybe the enemy has dropped something in your mind that says, you're not worthy, you're not good enough, and you just have these, this shame and this guilt. And I want to say that's a distraction from the enemy as well because the creator of the universe, he has forgiven you and he loves you. And so if you are able to confess those sins, we don't have to think about them anymore. And so today I just want to leave you with that. Identify that we have a spiritual enemy identify the distractions, and then make a plan to eliminate those distractions. I think if we can do that, we're going to eliminate the noise in our lives. We're going to press in the plans that God has for us in our lives. I love you, Story Side. I can't wait to see you next week.
Hello, StorySide. I want to talk to you about being grounded. Can we say that together? Grounded. Talks about in Corinthians, don't let anything change you. Don't let anything change you. I would say to you that anything never gets to that point on its own, but anything starts with something. It starts with something. We, we never gaze into the future thinking that something could turn into anything. That change can happen when we are not anchored in God's best. When we are not grounded in God. That an offense could lead to a bitter life. A, a betrayal could lead to a heart that cannot trust. That one decision could lead to many decisions that ultimately change who God has intended you to be. When I, I think about being grounded, I think about sometimes that we are prone to want to change. Change scenery, change direction. And we can justify change. We can justify the uprooting or the upheaval. By saying, well, Pastor Josiah, if you understood the offense, if you knew my marriage, if you knew this relationship, if you understood the pressure I was in in this season, you would understand why I would want to not stay grounded any longer. You would understand why I would be searching for something on the other side. But I want to encourage you today that God's best for you is not on the other side. God's best for you is right where you are today. And sometimes when the enemy wants you to uproot, it's time to dig in. It's time to dig in. And sometimes when we are trying to replant, God is wanting to stay rooted. Sometimes what we're wanting to plant, God is wanting us to stay rooted in this, to submit, to submit to the process when you stay grounded, you cannot underestimate the fruit that will come from being grounded and having deep roots. If I could encourage you today, don't, don't quit when you don't see the outcome. Storyside, don't quit just because you don't see what's on the other side. But I promise you this, God is working in the midst of your situation. Don't let seasons prohibit you from digging deep dig deep make good decisions make a decision that as for me and my house we will serve the lord i'm going to dig deep in my faith i'm going to dig deep in my marriage i'm going to dig deep even when storms come and they will come some of you today you're facing those things right now some of you today, it would be so easy to uproot, to upheave, to move. Because anything sounds better than where you currently are. But today, I want to encourage you to make the decision to stay grounded. Because here's the thing, circumstances may change, seasons may change. 
All these things may change, but there is one constant in this life, and that is Jesus Christ. He is the same yesterday. He is the same today. He is the same forever, and he will not leave you. He won't forsake you. And I love the scripture that talks about that I waited patiently. Some of us need patience. I waited patiently upon the Lord. He inclined and heard my cry. He brought me up. He he grabbed me. He pulled me out of the miry pit. He set my feet on solid ground. Some of you today, you feel like you're on shaky ground, but I want to encourage you today. You are on solid ground. God has your back. He has your best in mind. What he has before you is better than what is behind you. God has you on solid ground. Stay planted. Stay Firm, don't waver in this season story side. Don't pull back. Don't shrink back. Don't let fear take control. Put your trust, put your faith in Jesus. You are on firm ground. Stay grounded. What a fantastic message today. What great reminders for you and I to stay strong in the Lord. I was reminded as we were talking about that word strong, the Bible tells us in Ephesians 6 verse number 10, finally, finally, can we say that together? Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. That's the word that we have talked about today, that word strong. We broke it down, stand, truth, reliable, obedience, noise, staying grounded strong. I was drawn to that word, finally. As we get ready to pray today, uh, I was thinking how many people could be processing the last 12 months and, and in their spirits and in their thoughts and emotions are saying, finally, finally, I've got to the end of 2020. Finally, we finished out this chaotic, crazy year, finally. But I want to remind you today that there's another finally. And it's the finally that I just read to you here in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, yes, we're closing out the year. Yes, it's coming to completion. But an important finally for every one of us is that we stand and we stay strong in the Lord. Maybe you would say, Pastor Micah, when you pray today, will you pray for me that I can stay grounded? Would you pray for me that I can stay obedient, that I can focus on the truth, that I can stand? Some of these words we've talked about today. And, and as, we, as we close our eyes, if you're able to today, and as we pray, my hope for you right now is if you are fragile, if you are vulnerable, if you are weak, some of those things we referenced earlier, that there would be a switch, a transition, a turn for you right now, and that you would be able to feel the strength of God And you would be able to know, I can stand, I can stay strong. Maybe today you're watching and you would say there's sin in my life or I have shame and I feel like I am barely hanging on. God can forgive you today. God can turn the page. We talk here at StorySide about how he writes good stories. There's your life before Jesus and your life after Jesus. Maybe today you need to make a decision to follow God that when you turn your life over to him, all of the broken pieces, he can put it back together. Maybe that's your prayer. For someone else that is a Christ follower, 
But you feel like maybe I can't stand any longer. I can't go on any longer. I pray that there is just a wave of his strength for you even right now as we pray. So as we close our eyes, God, I thank you so much for our StorySide family today. I thank you for all of our friends that have joined us online. God, I know that you are everywhere present and you are nowhere absent. You can find every car, every truck, every home. You can find every heart, someone that's watching maybe on their break or they're, they're at work or on their job and they have a moment to catch your word. I thank you, God, that you know how to find every hallway, every lunchroom, that from the youngest to the oldest today, your holy word, your holy spirit is going to work. You're finding someone that feels like I am fragile, I am vulnerable, I am broken, I am weak. Your word, your spirit is letting them know today, actually, you are strong in me. God, you are letting them know that they can be strong in your presence. They can be strong by having a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so I thank you today. I thank you for your strength. I thank you for your courage. I thank you for stirring up faith today. I thank you for letting someone know they're not alone. They're not by themselves. They're not falling apart. You are with them. Keep us strong in you, Jesus. And we thank you for it. And we pray these prayers in your name, the amazing, powerful, life-changing name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today.